Welcome to Detour. My name is Jeffrey. And I'm Rod. And together we explore the intersection between business, medicine, and engineering, and how all those fields come together in order to affect biomedical innovation and entrepreneurship. On this podcast, we break down interviews with amazing people to better understand what they've done and how they think. Welcome to Detour. So today we're going to break down the conversation we had with Lurley Luo. We'll start off by having her introduce herself. I was born in an immigrant family. So I was born in China. My family immigrated to New Zealand when I was five. Um, I grew up there. We immigrated to Canada once more when I was 18. And that's where I did undergrad and med school at UBC. And I think growing up in an immigrant family that has um, moved quite a bit, it really helped me um, learn how to break down some barriers um, that exist. Some of the inequities that Lurley mentioned during the course of her conversation were structural inequities in society, which she mentioned drove her towards a focus on public health. She's made that the focus of much of her work. Um, Rod, do you remember what she's done so far in this arena? Well, unfortunately, due to a snowboarding incident, I don't remember things too well. For those of you who are listening, Rod did not have a snowboarding accent. He's just trying to make up for his bad memory. But back on topic, um, Lurley's done a whole bunch of things. She's uh, done really grassroots work uh, studying the interface of youth homelessness, intravenous drug use, and survival sex work in the Vancouver's downtown east side. She's also worked as an IFMSA delegate. Uh, to spearhead the M Health and Digital Health Innovation Statement for med students globally at the 2017 to 2018 WHO Executive Board meeting, and basically everything in between. In summary, she's a pretty big deal. So why did she do all of this? Good question, Rod. Let's let her break it down. Um, but no, no, my family moved a lot, and a lot of this was within New Zealand, and we lived briefly in Australia too. And a lot of a lot of the motivations behind the moving was just trying to find the next work opportunity or, you know, better housing options. And, but it, it taught me a lot. It taught me, um, it taught me to make friends really quickly, yeah. but it also, it also taught me how to begin to realize that a lot of all of these different communities have a lot of similarities and it taught me to bridge some, begin to see the patterns that connect different um different uh, you know s- cities and communities in society and i think broadly speaking public health is that pu- pu- public health is population health so in one of our upcoming podcasts uh we're going to discuss what Lurley thinks the role of uh innovation and entrepreneurship in public health is and we're also going to discuss our discussion with her on entrepreneurship and innovation However, for this podcast today, we're mainly going to reserve it for uh, Lurley's, I guess, discussion with us on the innovation community or her experience of the innovation community as a medical student. But wait, I am super stressed out as a medical student right now. I'm trying to worry about matching, trying to figure out how I'm going to start my practice and then sell it when I'm 70 and retire off in some far shore beach. When am I even going to find the time to worry about the innovation community? Well, as Lurley told me during our conversation, uh, there's, I guess, no perfect time to start a startup. But, you know, just just to preserve the sanctity of a conversation, I'll, I'll let Lurley explain it herself. There's no ideal time to found a startup. Um, I founded a startup 
after the Global Solutions Program at the end of first year med school. And I told myself, okay, got to focus on med school right now. So I'm just going to come back to this later at a different time. Um, and med school is hard and med school is mad. But I think residency might be worse, <laughs> Dep depending on the residency that you choose. And there is no ideal time to found a startup. Um, clerkship is a great time. I think clerkship is a time when um, you see a lot of problems, but it's also a tough time because it's a time when you're trying to do well in clerkship and you're trying to match. Uh, you're, you're trying to you know, build the foundations to, to match well. And fourth, you're trying to get reference letters. Mm -hmm. um, so I think if you, if, you come up, if you find a good idea, if you come up with a good venture, write it down, um, protect it, and find a team. So what I got from that was just what you said, there is no perfect time. But if you do have a good idea, you have to make sure that you preserve it and that you leave space for it to grow and nurture it. You can't just leave it in the back burner or kind of let it fade away. Yeah, and it's important to understand that even if we do put things on the back burner, that medicine is a community exercise. There are residents that you'll work with, there are attending doctors, and there are other people who you'll work with in the innovation community. Um, so I guess overall we'll discuss that later, but I think Lurley discussed something about the special role that we have as clerks. Can you talk a little bit more about that, Rod? Yeah. So she talked to us a little bit about how, um, even though we are stressed out and we're worried about the match day and trying to work ourselves into this community and, uh, build good relationships, we also have the special lens of being fresh to the um, clinical and hospital environment and seeing kind of where people need um, support and being shocked by the uh, inefficiencies in the system that need work. So you're saying that in this case, shock and awe is, I guess, pretty powerful and these noob glasses that we have on are, are useful for us yeah. to identify like where things fail. Given our nifty noob glasses that we have on, how do we take that and use it to our advantage to begin to shape that into innovation, into a good idea, the foundations to starting something? I think that's a really relevant question, Rod, and I think that's actually super close to one of the chapters in the Stanford Biodesign book, which we refer to a lot here uh, with the Detour crew. Um, some questions, three of them specifically, um, that you can ask are number one, what the healthcare issue is at hand, number two, what the population affected by the problem is, and number three, what the desired outcome is for the target population. Great, now you have the questions, so how do you answer them, Rod? Well, there are a couple of tools you can use, obviously, and some you can go off and do your own background research, and you can do some direct observations, and some more specific questions to kind of help you get started might be what did the patient have to undergo in terms of preoperative tests as an example or how much discomfort did the patient experience what are the most common complications of a procedure and these kinds of specific questions can kind of launch you into solving your problem yeah so what you're saying is that we can essentially uh, look up these questions or we can conduct interviews or observations in order to better understand whether or not the problem that we've identified really is a problem at hand yeah you bet Lurley also uh, delved into the team formation part of the uh, I guess innovation stepladder you could say um, let's hear a little bit about what she said in that arena 
you want teammates who compliment you. So exactly what your venture is doing, bringing together those with an engineering background and a business background. Um, in the Global Solutions Program, the, you can, if you looked at the class, um, they, so they brought together 80 innovators from 44 different countries in my, in my class. But if you look at our class, we're broadly divided into three different skill sets. There were those with technical expertise, there were those with entrepreneurial business expertise, and there were those with design expertise, design interface. Um, and uh, ultimately, uh, you, you do need all three prongs together. And so if you look at your co-founder, if you look at your team, if there's a very important area such as business modeling that's missing, find someone with that skill set. Um, team size also is important. Uh, in the Silicon Valley, I remember they were saying um, there are some investors that will look at, you know, three, three is a good number, three to four. If your team size is too big, then um, some people won't invest in you. So to summarize, Lurley's mentioned how clerkship is a difficult experience and how innovation is definitely possible and even, I guess, optimal at the point at which people enter clerkship. Um, she mentions that teams are very important to, I guess, construct properly and also important to not make too big. Is there anything else that you thought she summarized well, Rod? Yeah. I actually really liked how she talked about diversity of team and how important that is for uh, a lean startup that doesn't have too much space for a large team. You have to strategically pick someone who has business background, someone who's a technical expert, and someone who's going to be the designer of your team. For sure. I think that's a great summary, Rod. Uh, for all of you all listening, uh, thank you for listening to this podcast. My name is Jeffrey. And I'm Rod. And thanks for listening to this episode of Detour. Thank you.